0: This is producer Michael Miracle. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. Be sure to check out our website at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com for all of our past shows and podcasts, plus Jim's blogs, reading recommendations, and tons of great I Work For Him resources. All available at iworkforhim.com. And now, today's broadcast.
1: You've tuned into the fastest one hour in Christian talk radio. Thanks for tuning in to I work for him today. This very special good Friday as we celebrate what Jesus did for us on the cross. We've got a very special show for you today, but thanks for tuning in. Not only for those of you that are listening live right here in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910, but those of you tuning in on the Internet on iHeartRadio, letstalkfaith.com. Maybe it's I work for him. Maybe you're listening to the rebroadcast on Google Play or Stitcher or iTunes. Maybe you listen to us on Red Nation Rising. However you're hearing our show today, just know that we prayed for you. Know that every day we pray that something we say today, something we say in the air will cause you to dig deeper into connecting what you learn on Sunday with what you do in your 9 to 5. You know, Let's just ask this question because because it is a family day. It's a day of celebration. Yes, it's also, if you look back, it's a day of somber reflection as well when you realize what Jesus went through in order for us to become his followers, in order for us to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. But it is a day of celebration because if Jesus hadn't been willing to do what he did, you and I wouldn't live with hope. But how do we present that hope to our kids? What's the best way to present the gospel to our children? You know, a lot of us have our workplace that we go to during the day, but our most important workplace, our number one ministry, maybe to our spouses, but our number one mission field is to our children. So how do we introduce our children to the attributes of God in a way that they can understand? How do we introduce our children to the love of God in a way that they will understand? How do we help them understand and And filter life through a biblical worldview. How do we do all that? What are the resources we can get? Well, you know, as a parent, it's one of those big, huge responsibilities, but it doesn't just happen in one day. But there are a lot of great resources out there. Well... These great resources are written by authors like we've got on the air today. We've got Dr. Mary Mann Simon on the air with us today. Martha and I have had her on the air with us before, and she is an expert in writing books for children. And she's got the greatest reading voice for children known in the world. She's world famous for her reading voice. And today she's in studio with Martha and I and her husband, Hank. Hank, Mary, thanks so much for being on the air with us today.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure. It's so nice to be here in person.
1: Well, and you get to be in Florida, and of course, it's always beautiful in Florida, <laughs> all the time. It's always The weather's always better here in Florida than it is somewhere else in the world.
2: And usually I'm in that somewhere else. <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> uh, Dr. Mary Mann-Simon, you've been writing books for kids for how many years you've been doing this?
2: About 25, mm. after I got my doctorate.
1: So you had to get a doctorate to write kids' books. That seems a little bit of an oxymoron.
2: Well, you know, we're continually learning, and I have so much to learn even now. Um, But that doctorate was a a certain milestone that allowed me to do things that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Mm -hmm. And so I'm very grateful for all the people who supported me during that time. (laughs) That's no small feat. It isn't, and it's really a family project mm-hmm. because you know Hank would take whatever baby I was nursing at the time so that I could teach mm-hmm. while I was I was teaching at Saint Louis University while I was getting my degree and I'd give my students a break and he'd have the baby and then I mean it would be juggling wow. we had three children in 3 years so was a busy time. Most like definitely. a lot of families today, it's busy. You it can is. relate. <laughs>
1: yeah, it, yeah, it gets busier and busier. All right, when we got back, when we come back, more from Dr. Mary Man Simon, and today we get to hear from Hank, the man's side of this story, the man, the, the the other half of this incredible dynamic duo that is impacting ministry to kids around the world. You're listening to I Work for Him with your host Jim and Martha Brangenberg as we talk with Dr. Mary Man Simon. We come back. Where does love hide? And how do you tell our kids where to find? It. You're listening to I, I Work for Him. Don't go away.
2: Back in the 80s, we sang about the power of love. But did you ever think about those lyrics with Jesus in mind? His love overwhelms us and molds us into his image. Living with a Love 2020 intentionality in the workplace will help you display the power of Christ's love on a daily basis. Join Christ followers around the nation focused on bringing an authentic touch of Jesus to those they work around. Join the movement at love2020.com and watch your workplace transform before your eyes. Join today. That's love2020.com.
3: According to the Department of Labor, one in three adults in the United States has a criminal record on file. Today's employers are almost certain to encounter job seekers who have a criminal history or past arrest in their background. For many employers, hiring a formerly incarcerated person is often seen as a risky proposition. We at Ready for Work Hillsboro can assist local human resources representatives as they consider hiring formerly incarcerated persons. Clients in the Ready for Work program are thoroughly vetted daily over four to six weeks and randomly screened for illegal drug use during this time period. Clients are engaged in career development training that includes over 29 practical workforce topics, resume preparation, mock interviews, and basic literacy assessments. Ready for for Work has successfully placed clients within various industries, so don't limit yourself from a talent perspective. To learn more about Ready for Work Hillsboro and how you can reduce hiring costs, call 813 247 3285. That's 813 247 3285. Or click Ready for Work at abebrown.org. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time.
1: Take it all, take it all away. Welcome back to it's I Work for A special a good. Friday. I work for him, Joe, Martha and I. Martha, it's, a, it's it's an incredible time of year to be able to celebrate this day and this whole weekend uh, with family, with friends, and really celebrate the hope that we have.
4: Yes, and one of the great things about it is that it in in some way is acknowledged by almost everyone, in at least in America. I mean, whether it's just because they got the day off of work or whatever, but being able to somehow make an impact on people of what the Easter weekend is really all about. It's an open door.
1: We've got in studio with us today Hank and Maryman Simon. Dr. Maryman Simon is an expert in writing children's literature. And Hank, are you a doctor as well? No, I'm just a pastor. <laughs> just a pastor. No. And Hank is a pastor of Galilee Lutheran Church up in Maryland. And these guys are down here just promoting their books and having a good time. Enjoying Florida. And Hank, why don't we just I'm, I'm going to hit you right now with with a question, because I always ask all my guests a question. And, and my question for you is this. OK, it's 2017. You know that already. How you, you mentioned to me when we were getting ready for the show you know, that uh, you, that you're not 50 anymore. And that's fantastic. I love that. But I know that what I've been learning from my friends who are just slightly ahead of the game of me, like you, that the Lord's still working on your life. The Lord's still got lots of stuff to do. What would you like to see the Lord do in your world this year, in in your life, what would you like to see him do?
0: I would like to see him give me continued energy and insight into how to help people share their faith and live it out in a world which is really changing quickly, Hmm. in a world where there's a lot of anxiety and fear. And yet we have Jesus, as you said, on this weekend who dies for us and then is raised to life. And he brings the, the hope that we have the hope that we as Christians celebrate.
1: Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that as Christ followers, we have the hope that the world needs. They just need to hear about it. I mean, because the world that doesn't know Jesus lives without hope. And and they're trying to figure out what's the meaning of life and they don't see it. You as a pastor get to do that teaching, but also that equipping of the saints as they get sent out and in, into their jobs all week long. How do you, in that position, How do you help those people understand that what they learn on Sunday really is for them for their Monday through Friday? Our daughter, one
0: of our daughters, Angie, had a a saying that she thought a sermon was good when there was always a practical takeaway from it at the end that she could take into the week. Mm -hmm. And so... That is something that I try to incorporate in my sermons each week. That the message has something that somebody can take with them to help them in their Christian walk and talk. And Mary is very good at coming up with ideas for that because she's such a practical person, as well as having her her doctorate.
1: Well, and, and That's it's great. it is that is very good, and and every pastor should learn that same thing. Mary, as you have been writing books, you said children's books for twenty five years. How many books have you written now?
2: They're probably. Um... All together, maybe 60 or 70 um, that I've done through the years, different editions, and those are just in English, wow. um, but they're in 10 languages too, so.
4: <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jim was saying, uh, you know, it's amazing. He, of course, was joking that you must speak 10 languages, and we know that's not the case, but um, it is amazing that your mes- the message that God laid on your heart to write in any of those books that are translated are not only in English, but all
2: over the world. And that's, that's really true, Martha, and I think I'm such a good example of what God can do mm-hmm. because all I do is put words on a page. God does everything else. God is the one who makes sure that these things get translated and shared Mm -hmm. throughout the world Mm -hmm. so he takes me who i told him i was too busy to write a book and (laughs) whoops (laughs) we all know about when you
1: tell the lord no how he responds
2: yeah you know my books have sold more than three million copies i it's not because of me Mm. it's because of what god has done and Each of us is like that. God works through each of us. So I just write a few words, and God does the rest. I mean, it's amazing for me to sit back and see. I mean, I grew up on the streets of Chicago. I was an inner-city pastor's kid, went to Chicago public schools, and look what God has done. It I, is incredible.
4: It just made me think, I wonder how many of our listeners, if they went and looked on their kids' bookshelves, might find a title with your name on it. That would be really
2: fun. And often they have no idea. Yeah. You know, when I read a children's book, I don't always look at the author's right. name because that's kind of inconsequential. You want to see how your child relates to it and what he's taking away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fine. I can be kind of behind the pages because I am mm-hmm. I mean it's God who's up there in, in
1: front well what I'm trying to figure out is some of your books just have Mary Man Simon on them and some of them have Dr. Mary Man Simon why How come they're not all the same?
2: It depends on the editor oh um, if they feel doctor's gonna help they do it. <laughs> it's the theology. You got for the, the title; children, it right? should be
1: out there everywhere. You got the—you earned the title. All right, this Good Friday, 2017, as we're really focusing on a family day. Martha and I want to welcome you and thank you for listening. To I work for him on a regular basis. Here you know, we get to do this five days a week, Martha. It is such a privilege to just share our stories and the stories of others all year long. But it's—you know—it's all because of what Jesus was willing to do today that we celebrate today that we even have this opportunity.
4: That's right. And, you know, just really the impact um, where we would be without the, um, you know, whatever day of it that it really was, you know, the the whole idea of Good Friday through Easter Sunday, where would we be without that uh, in our lives? And what God has done and where he's directing us because we've we feel called to be obedient to the savior of our lives.
1: It's, it's humbling to be used, but it's also exciting. And so as you listen to our work, i just know that every day we're trying to bring on topics to try to help you be more effective in connecting your faith to all parts of your life, especially your workplace. Well, one of your workplaces, if you're a parent is your kids because their work You know, some days, some (laughs) days they're fun, but most days it's just work being a parent. Now there's pleasure in in parts of everything that we do, Mm -hmm. but kids are tough. And, and it's not like you just go and you get to deal with them for eight hours and then get rid of them, you know, for the other 16 hours a day. They're a 24-hour day deal. And part of, you know, we got to raise them up. The whole idea is that when we send them out the door when they're 18 when we send them out to college or trade school or wherever, that they're ready to go. So that process of letting go, the process of teaching them, and at the same time discipling, discipling them to know and love Jesus and to, and as a teenager make sure that they're really walking with them, that's takes a lot of intentionality. Well, we wanted to make sure that you know about some resources that are out there. And that's what Martha and I are constantly doing is finding great resources. Well, Martha was friends with Dr. Mary Mann Simon as when Martha was running your Christian bookstore. Mm-hmm. And as we know, the Christian retail has continues to go through a lot of transitions. But you knew that Dr. Mary Mann Simon wrote incredible books for kids.
4: Well, more than that, she was known as the children's Trend expert. And so I always looked forward to her workshops where she would share all the latest trends and things like that. And so I'm excited that one of your new books this year, you said it was the very first lift a flap in the Christian
2: booksellers arena, right? Right, right. You know, a lot of times our Christian publishers are a little bit hesitant to take that step that might be a little bit on the edge. But I'm very, very intentional about. Incorporating physical activity Mm -hmm. as well as mental activity into anything I do. So that's why I love novelty kinds of things for kids. Right. And with a lift a flap, the child physically has to lift a flap in the book to see what's underneath. And it goes perfectly with what kids want to do. They want to see what else there is. Right. You know, they're always eager to see. So it's really fun to have Where Does Love Hide? because it just, It's a neat book. Well, Well, you know, and
4: along those same lines is the fact that I love the fact that you understand and so many people do that when children are young, parents... Can be influenced and so even people that don't necessarily have christian books in their home will willingly receive a book that has a biblical message because they know it's good for their kid and so when it's engaging when it's fun when the pictures are wonderful and there's a biblical story in there too they will read that over and over and the influence that that can have in a home through giving it to them as an Easter gift or a birthday gift or a baby shower, you know, in lieu of a card. Um, that's such a great thing too. And you're building a library of biblical influence in a home, whether they're looking for it or it's somebody that's very purposefully looking for it.
2: Right. And it's not just the child that you're reaching. Mm -hmm. You know, when I work on a children's book, I know that there's going to be at least another generation that I'm going to be able to touch there. So it's whether the grandparent is sharing or a godparent, or a mom or dad or whoever, you're reaching at least two generations, which is wonderful. You know, Martha, when I write a book like this, I see it just as a starting point. Mm -hmm. There's some words there, but that's not where the book ends. The book ends where that parent is sharing at bedtime, where they're talking about The effects of the book, or how that made a difference for the child, or what they see in their life as a result of it. So, a book is a starting place. It's the listeners who are listening today who really finish the book. That's
4: right. You know, I just thought of, I never even thought about that it could even influence a babysitter because babysitters, you know, are ones that come in and go, I need to read them some books before I put them down, you know, and you never know what impact that's going to have wherever it goes.
1: Okay, so let's do this let's have you read your latest book. Where does love hide? Now you're not going to get to appreciate listeners. You're not going to get to appreciate the lift a flap here on the radio. I'll
4: take a picture. Though. But Martha will take a picture. It'll
1: be on our Facebook page. Uh, Martha, will take a couple of pictures as Mary's reading it. That'd be a good idea. Great idea. And then we're going to, I just want to talk about this because it is, you know, you don't do the pictures, right?
2: I don't. And it's a good thing. Cause they would never say, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hank, Hank, are you doing the pictures then? Oh, I'm worse than she is. <laughs> okay. I was—I just got shot down in that whole deal. Okay, all right. So, what were you looking for? I was looking for—I want to know. Just wanted to see if there was artistic talent. Because I mean, the—just go ahead, Mary. Read the book. Okay.
2: (laughs) So this is where does love hide? Where does love hide? At my house until I invite a friend to play. Where does love hide? Behind the door until I have to open the flap. I unpack groceries. And there's a Bible verse on each page, too. Where does love hide? At the park. Until I say, it's your turn. Where does love hide? In the yard. Until I help Grandpa. Where does love hide? In my bedroom. Until I hear, I love you. Love God and love each other. From First John
1: 4. I, 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 you missed the food page. You,
2: Did I miss where the Where does
1: food? love hide at the table until oh, I, share I share my, my cookie? cookie. <laughs> is that your favorite page, too? Uh, oh, yeah, it is my favorite one. I love it when people share cookies with me. Oh. Oh,
4: that was the Sorry hidden story. About no, that's that. okay. It's okay. It's live radio. It's, good.
1: it's, it's, it's fine. I, I just It's simple. It's a simple message, Mary. What are you hoping? But I mean, but it's a very hard message
2: for kids to get. Think about it. When you say to your child, I love you, what do they think love means? How do they see it in their daily life? Mm-hmm. I mean, here we are on Good Friday. We know the message that Jesus is love. I mean ultimately today and this weekend that message will be repeated again and again in different ways. What does that mean to a three year old child? How do they see I love you? Mm-hmm. So what this book does is really show a child love in action. Mm-hmm. You know your exactly. your theme here is I work for him. This is the relevance of that, because your program connects real work and real life and real message. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens when we connect biblical values and biblical meaning to everyday life. So a child who hears, I love you, oh, that means that when I help Grandpa I'm telling him I love him. When I help mommy unpack the groceries, I'm really telling her, I love you. And this is a way I'm showing that love. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it takes an abstract understanding and puts it into a concrete, something the child really experiences. And that's how a child eventually understands some of these abstract concepts like love and forgiveness. You know, how does a child see that? Every day, in what we do, in how we respond to a child. You know, when a child sees us deal with a a problem with the plumber or something, and he sees how we interact with the plumber and we see the he sees the respect we have for that person who comes into our house and he sees how we listen and how we learn that's the modeling that we're doing every day for our kids it's maybe incidental it just kind of happens but it comes out of who we are as christian parents as grandparents and just living our Christian lifestyle. I call it lifestyle Christianity Mm -hmm. because this is what we do every day. It's not something apart from who we are. It is who we are.
1: Right. So when you, like, where did an idea for this book come from? I mean, this is, like you said, it's number 70, 71, 72. (laughs) I mean, you've already written a ton of books and we've only seen, I've only seen about 10 of them. Martha's seen more than that. I mean, where did this idea come from? What, what prompted this
2: you know i hate to say it but i have to it really i get just ideas from god okay. and how he's working through people every day you know maybe there will be an idea that comes today that he can develop i don't know mm-hmm. but as long as we are open to his leading and hear his voice you know jim we talk about prayer And how it's so important to us. And we talk about prayer as talking to God. That's what we teach our kids. And that's good. But as we mature as Christians, we have to practice the second side of prayer, which is listening for God's voice. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is so very real. Um, When we listen for God's voice, we see how busy he is. He is so active in our lives, but we need to open up our hearts to hear His voice, and that's where the ideas come from. He might use situations and people on an everyday basis.
1: Hmm. I, I, it's humbling when when I when, well Martha was going to say something, but I was that when you say when when we listen for God's voice, we hear how busy He is. I think of that movie that. Uh, um, why am I thinking about?
4: It? I don't
1: know. Um, Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Yeah, when he's trying to. answer <laughs> when he gets to play. When he gets to play. Go, thank you, right there. When Jim, we he's trying to answer all the prayers, and there's a billion of them coming in all the time. And really, when you think about it, because there's a couple billion Christ followers around the world, and they're and they're all praying. But Hank, when you preach about prayer, really quick, when we, you preach about prayer, how do you tell people to listen? Because prayer's got three aspects. We're, we're praying to God. We're, we're we're saying things out loud. But but that prayer also starts to then really modify our own hearts but the listening part how do you tell people to listen well you start with
0: scripture all good prayer flows out of scripture and you you talk to trusted brothers and sisters in christ to, as you're looking for answers there are people there are times when when something happens that triggers a thought that god works that way and even once in a while there are people who believe that angels have come with guidance from god in their lives
1: oh i know that's documented in the scriptures many times it, hank Here's what, you've been a pastor for how many years, Hank?
0: It'll be let's see, I have to count this out 40, 45. This he just summer. looked at Mary for the answer because
1: <laughs> yes. he couldn't. You
2: know, I'm not a, good at math.
1: That's a true, <laughs> 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 I got that. I've written 60 to 70 books, not really <laughs> right. sure. All right, so Hank, when you did, I, I know it's it's probably passe today, people used to do children's sermons all the time. We still do, you still do, oh, but awesome. you, don't do, you don't do them, do you?
0: Well, I have asked Mary to do them, <laughs> and she usually declines. Now, she's often very much involved because most children's sermons pastors can't think of by themselves. Right. Um, so we, we need things that are very concrete for the kids to, to work with, as she was just talking before.
1: And, and there's just, always a double sources. agenda in a children's sermon. You're teaching the kids, but you're right. presenting something for the parents.
0: Right. And so while Mary doesn't do them, oftentimes she'll provide them or... Edit the ones that I sometimes try to write.
2: <laughs> and uh, let me. Com- I hope you're defending yourself next because. <laughs> well, I'm- let me comment on that because okay. I learned about that from someone who I, I still miss, Fred Rogers.
1: Sure, Mr. Rogers.
2: When I worked with Fred, um, we talked about this because I made a comment to you Fred. You worked with
1: Fred Rogers? I did. Okay.
2: Because um, he was a
1: pastor comment. as well, right? Yeah. He was. Okay. He was ordained
2: pastor. Um, Fred said, I said to Fred, well, do you do the children's sermon every week? And he said, when I go to church, I worship. It's my time with God. He said, I have many more times with God during the day and during the week, but that's when I am a worshiper. And so I've done the same thing in our congregation. I do a lot of things behind the scenes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that nobody knows, and that's fine. I'm on a stage enough times, but I can work behind the scenes where God calls me, and just like with the children's sermon, Hank is up there in front. I've had a little something to do with it, maybe behind the scenes,
1: and that's fine. But Hank doesn't have your voice, Mary. You're going to be reading the stories in heaven to the kids. I mean, God gave you. She's got time for that. I, 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 God gave you that perfect voice for reading kids' books. I'm a lector. She does read scripture readings. I do readings. the lessons. Okay, very uh, good. Okay, well, I, I'm just thinking. I don't know. I think maybe she'd do more of those children's sermons. I, I'm just hey, do it anytime she imagine wants. Imagine that to. though. She's listening to
4: the voice of God that's telling her that's not her time. That's not her place. And Hank for that. is
2: great with preschoolers, and what a great model to show that the pastor is down there with the kids. He does preschool devotions all the time at our at our Galilee preschool. And he's really good with kids and relating to them and not having to feel like the pastor's up there in church and I can't get in touch with him and he doesn't know who Mm. I am. Kids come up to Hank all the time and say hi and give him hugs. That's awesome. In part because he builds that relationship with him as he shares God's Word. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, what could be better?
0: One of the nicest things that's been said recently about me is that one of our little preschoolers that uh, told his grandpa that i was the bible talker
4: the bible talker
2: <laughs> i love That's that That's
1: pretty cool yeah so you guys had three kids of your own you said now were you writing kids books when your kids were little
2: no actually the first book i wrote was because um it was a terrible experience and i'm sure our listeners can identify with it you invite someone over for supper and everything goes terribly wrong um the juice spilled at the table um yeah, I had to nurse the baby in the middle of the meal. And then our oldest, when she went to say goodbye to Aunt Ruth, she said, I love you very, very. And she didn't finish the sentence. I said, well, Christy, I love you very, very what? And she couldn't remember the word much. How old was she? I don't know, but she should have been old enough to remember that <laughs> word. <laughs> and it was one of those nights. And you know what I did? I wrote about that. Because God loves us very, very, Hmm. and he fills it in in so many different ways. So that became our devotion the next night. And the next day, our son was five months old, and I jotted down on a McDonald's napkins or a spelling list or whatever I had how God was at work in our children's life that day, and that became our devotion that night. And so as our kids were growing up, I had this drawer full of little scraps of paper and little sheets of paper showing how God was at work in our children's lives. That became Little Visits with Jesus. Hmm. That got on the Christian bestseller list, and the rest is the story that God has written. That is Hmm. amazing, that's neat.
1: Hank, how many years have you been married to this incredible woman?
0: It will be 43
1: years this summer. 43 years okay so how do you i can't even imagine you guys could ever argue but because mary's just so sweet all the time i'm sure (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) oh that's great i love it (laughs)
3: you're
0: gonna ask
1: for a copy of this show i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) seriously though as you know you're a pastor as a team you guys and your marriage of 43 years is really an example to all those people that attend your church People want to know today that marriage is possible. Long term marriage is possible. You know, you have a lot of friends who've given up on their marriages after 30 and 40 years. I mean, you've seen it. It's devastating. How intentional are you feeding into those couples in your church with the just all the messiness of your 43 years of marriage?
0: We're very honest. And I'm very honest when I preach and um, when I lead worship, you just have to be yourself and know that that. God accepts you as you are. Mm-hmm. He doesn't keep you there, but Jesus is God's love come in person so that I can know that I'm loved and I can love myself and share his love with others and that's what this day is all about. That's why we call it a good Friday mm-hmm. even though what happened was very horrible for Jesus because God did the best thing he could for us by bringing us back to himself in Jesus. So, so we try to I think just be very, um, I can't think of the word. Thank you. That's the mm-hmm. word I was looking for, transparent mm-hmm. and, and authentic. That's what people are looking for, no matter what their age. Yes. Uh, that's that's a, When I've been told once in a while that I'm authentic, that's a real compliment.
1: Yeah, transparency, vulnerability, authenticity—those are what the next generations, Generation X, the Millennials, Generation Z, whatever they figure out—they're talking about calling them the technology people. Technology. I mean, they want to see something that's real, mm-hmm. because they've seen a lot of people say, "I love you," and then they run off and with somebody else. Now they have two moms and two dads. They—they—they they, they haven't seen it, so when you get to live it out real in front of them, the good and the bad. It's an encouragement.
2: And we're really fortunate in our congregation. We have so many couples who are in long-term marriages. Mm, Every weekend, Hank will list in the bulletin the marriages who are just really long-term, what is it, everyone that's over 20 years, Mm -hmm. and they're always people, some in their 60th year of marriage. Wow, and that's so
4: great to celebrate it because then people see the value in it.
2: Oh, absolutely. Wow. So it's it's really kind of an exciting place to be.
1: Mm, we great. got married young, and so we, that, that 60th year, we just celebrated 30 years this past year. And, and oh. 60, you know, we'll still be fairly young when we get to celebrate 60 years. It'll be, it'd be kind of fun. We're hoping that, that, that we get to do it together. I, Martha reminded me, we need to just remind you, if you're listening today, oh, that's kind of funny, because you wouldn't be hearing the show if you, you weren't listening. listening today. You hey want listeners. to get a copy. that's right if you want to get a copy of uh, some of mary man simon's books just email us jim at i work for him.com jim at i work the number for him.com and we will send you uh, a copy or two of one of mary's books depending on how many people that respond because we've got lots of copies to give away today mary you wrote this new book that's coming out as well first feelings okay and and i see that you've got your tab in the tab i want to deal with because we deal with a lot of kids that get frustrated and they get mad. I mean, we always joke with our young parents and said, listen, you will not have to teach your kids how to be selfish. You will not have to teach your kids uh, how to be disobedient or naughty. Uh, that stuff just because our kids are born sinful. What we have to teach our kids is how to deal with those emotions, those, those feelings, understand where they come from. And you wrote a whole book about it. And it's, you know, one of my favorite what, Martha. You
4: love padded books. I love padded books because <laughs> it's
1: squishy. I love squishy books. Squishy books I are knew, fun. I knew. I was
4: thinking that right away when uh, you picked there's it up. There's a business guy
1: that wrote a book called Business, uh, the Business Card, and it was it had a squishy cover. It was that's my favorite book because I love like, the cover
2: because <laughs> oh, it
1: while I'm okay. So let's talk. Let's read that chapter on okay. Mad.
2: Okay, let me give you a little bit of background first.
1: absolutely.
2: Because I didn't just pick these feelings out of the air. What I did was I contacted moms in the preschool toddler area and said, what are the feelings that your child expresses most often? And they prioritized them. And it kind of was a surprise to me, but the very top, the one that 94% of the moms said was very common, frustration. Mm. It wasn't sadness or any of these other feelings that so overwhelm kids. It was frustration. And when you think about that, a child gets frustrated because his zipper is stuck. A child is frustrated because he can't think of the right word to say. Mm -hmm. He's frustrated because when he holds his pencil, it doesn't make the same kind of marks that our pencils make. So
1: So let's read the frustrated one then. It's on page 111. And we're just going to get started with this. We'll finish when we come back. And and So my question for you, actually, we'll read it when we come back, Mary. So when you write these books, do you test drive them on your grandkids? I
2: haven't. um, Because often I will dedicate it to a grandchild. And like this one is for Elijah, I believe. And Elijah is our newest little grandchild, one of our adopted grandchildren. Wonderful. So we also have one who's adopted from um, Ethiopia. So Elijah is Solomon's brother
4: very nice. Wow, very cool.
2: We feel very blessed with five grandsons. So you've
1: got, in this book on feelings, first feelings, I mean, you've got chapters on lots of interesting things. So the chapters are on, I'm trying to get to the table of context, happy, the the feeling of happy, proud, jealous, mad, excited, frustrated, eager, afraid, worried, safe, sad, surprised. I mean, these are emotions that our kids experience and a lot of times they don't even know why they're experiencing them. So when we come back, we're going to deal with frustrated, <laughs> which is what Mary is right now, because she really wants to talk. In studio today, though, Martha and I have a longtime friend of Martha's and a new time friend of mine in the last couple of years that we've had Dr. Mary Mann Simon on the show. She writes children's books. You can find out more about her online at Mary simon M-A-N-Z, Simon.com, Mary Mans Simon.com. We'll have links to that on her Facebook page. She wrote this book, this book called First Feelings, 12 Stories for Toddlers. Why write about feelings, Mary
2: because children get emotionally flooded. And that's what happens when a child flares up, when he gets mad, when he's so angry he can't even talk, all he can do is yell. He is emotionally flooded. And what our job is, as adults in our child's life, is to help a child make sense of those experiences and Mm. feelings. And we do that by acknowledging the feeling and then giving him some kind of strategy to deal with that feeling. so he won't be emotionally flooded. For example, in First Feelings, here's an example of what happens to a child and what a child can do to solve that problem. The zipper's stuck. It won't go up. It also won't go down. I've worked and worked so very long. I've got a great big frown. I'm frustrated, but I'll stay calm and look around to see if there is someone I can ask. I'll say, will you help me? so there's a situation but a child can go ask for help and that's what we say to a parent for as a parent we say okay if you're frustrated one of the things you can do to solve your problem is to get help here's another situation why won't that soccer ball go in I kicked it very hard but it keeps rolling everywhere around See, I didn't practice this beforehand. Across the whole
1: backyard.
2: <laughs> That's right. I'll practice till I score a goal. It hasn't happened yet. But finally, I'll kick the ball so it lands in the net. I want to stack the blocks so tall and build the tower high. But when the blocks keep falling down, I only want to cry. I don't want to get frustrated, so I will take a break and get some paper and a pen to see what I can make. I watch the older kids ride past. I want to do that, too, but I'm stuck here wondering, when can I ride like you? Instead of being frustrated, I'll watch what big kids do so I can learn all kinds of things, and soon I'll do them, too. I know that when I'm frustrated and feeling all uptight, that I can say, God, help me please. He'll help me do what's right. And no matter what a child feels, there is a little verse that he can use. No matter what I'm feeling at night or through the day, help me, dear God, remember, you'll listen when I pray.
1: First Feelings, 12 Stories for Toddlers by Dr. Mary Mann Simon. You could get a copy of it. Just email me, jim at iworkforhim.com, or check us out on Facebook and write us a little note on Facebook, iworkforhim, or just check us out on our contact page on iworkforhim.com. Mary, the books are phenomenal. You've got such a gift for touching the hearts of kids, but also in the back door, Touching the parents. What a, I mean—that's really what every kid's story is about—is touching the parents at the same time you're touching the kids. It, it's such an honor to have you on the air with us today. Thanks so much for being here, both you and Hank. Great to have you in studio.
2: I know it's so fun, and it's
1: wonderful to be with you and to see your ministry
2: at work. Mm, thank that's you very really
1: much. wonderful. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, Martha, having Mary in the studio. I know that this is a big honor for you.
4: It is. It is, and I love it, and I just love the fact that you were joking about her getting her doctorate to write children's books, but what we're hearing today is why, because it's very purposeful and very God-driven.
1: Just remember, ladies and gentlemen, our number one priority is our relationship with God, and if you're married, your number two priority is your spouse, which is also your number one ministry. Our number three priority, but our number one mission field is our children. How do we reach our children for Christ? God doesn't have grandchildren. He has children. How do you present the message of Jesus to those kids? you got to get great books and share yourself with them along the way. Dr. Mary Mann Simon writes those books for you. MaryMannSimon.com. Mary man's M-A-N-Z, Simon.com. Check it out. There are tons of resources out there for you and for me for raising our kids to know and love our Heavenly Father. Thanks for listening I work for him today as we come to the end. We're grateful for you, our listeners celebrate good friday with family tonight you've been listening to i work for him with your host jim and martha brangenberg we're christ followers our workplace it's our mission field but ultimately i, I work, work for him, him.